G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. My guest is Pastor Jeff Vines in the studio. Yeah, it's great to be home in Australia. Yeah, come on. (laughs) We love it when Pastor Jeff comes over and hangs out with us here. Uh, For those who haven't heard of Pastor Jeff, he does a daily program on our radio show, uh, on on our radio station. Every afternoon you can hear him uh, preaching the word. Uh, He's based in California at Christ Church of the Valley. He's authored books including Dinner with Skeptics, Defending God in a World that Makes No Sense, Unbroken, Eight Enduring Promises God Will Keep, and the newly released Divine Romance. He's a great author, a great speaker, and a great friend of our station. Now, let's start from the beginning, Jeff. For those who haven't heard your story, tell us a bit of your background. Where were you born and raised? Yeah, well, I grew up in the eastern part of Tennessee. Uh, My parents were, you know, Christ followers, but they were somewhat nominal, mm-hmm. and uh, but we did go to church quite often. Uh, but my my love, my first love, uh, basketball. Yeah. So I grew up as a basketball player, uh, hoping to go to a major university. Uh-huh. Uh, probably was not as good as my mommy told me that I was, uh, but I still went to university, played basketball on scholarship, okay. and really enjoyed that phase of my life. But my last game of my uh, university career, it was actually at national tournament in Cincinnati, Ohio. It, I kind of, uh, it's one of those times when you, God didn't speak audibly, but you, it, it's still no less real. And it's kind of like God said, okay, I hope you've had a good time in basketball and growing up in Tennessee with your life because I own you now. And it was a real uh, a conversion transformational experience. I ended up going to uh, Zimbabwe, Africa to help pr- promote the game of basketball in the late 80s. But then when we were there... Um, the church that was in the city lost its pastor for immigration issues. Robert Mugabe had had be- begun to uh, export a lot of expats at that point. Okay. And uh, so I was the one left. And the, I remember the mission board coming to me and saying, I know you're here to, to promote basketball and to do home group studies and things, but we really need a preacher. Wow. And I said, uh, well, that's not me. <laughs> and uh, But they said, well, it's going to have to be for a while because it's either you or no one else. And uh, I started doing that, actually threw up the first few weeks just so out of nervousness. So nervous, yeah. Oh, yeah, that wasn't me. Wow. And then uh, <laughs> next thing you know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, I really enjoy the study. Don't enjoy the delivery that much, but I do enjoy the study and learning so much and the uh the past mission organization had left uh, uh, a, f- a fantastic library so i got all of these books given to me i mean mm. some of the classics i started reading i've always been an avid reader next thing you know i'm preaching every weekend and i wow. thought well you know i really enjoy this maybe i should go to seminary or something maybe mm-hmm. to learn a little bit and so that's when my life really took a turn and i ended up going to seminary and then couldn't get back into zimbabwe i was going to come back and be the president of the zimbabwe christian college could not get back in because again uh, we weren't getting work permits in those days ended up going to new zealand for 10 years wow I'm and, sorry to hear. No, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, that's great. Yeah. We love New Zealand. We love well, New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the best kept secret is its weather. <laughs> and uh, at that point, uh, I'd been through three years of seminary. Um, had be- That's when my relationship with Dr. Ravi Zacharias started. Uh, cool. Apologetics uh, became a, h- a huge issue and uh, a passion because in New Zealand, I, I was faced with questions I'd never been faced with mm. before. Mm. And that's how it kind of all started. Mm. And uh, it was a beautiful time mm. with... Uh, with learning that mm. God was calling me to do something now with my life that I never thought I'd be doing. And even now, I'll tell you, Matt, sometimes when I go with people to conferences or pastor conferences, I come out there and think, man, I just don't, I don't belong here. Because mm. I almost feel like I'm a basketball player that got saved and went into ministry. <laughs> and, and you know, you, you have a group of people that you feel comfortable with. And mm. I still feel very comfortable with my golfing buddies and basketball <laughs> buddies and trash talking on the floor. You know, that's where I feel most comfortable. But God, God did call me to, to the path that I'm presently on. So it's really a story from going from three-pointers on the court 
to preaching three-point sermons. Absolutely. Hey. But I gave up those three-point <laughs> sermons because it takes me too long. So I went down to like one or two maybe. <laughs> That's cool. We love your teaching here on Vision Radio. And uh, shortly we will open the phone lines if people want to call through and ask a, a question from Jeff. Or you can uh, watch us on Facebook Live. You can make a comment there, ask a question, facebook.com forward slash Vision Radio. Uh, now let's talk about your ministry in the U.S., mm. an incredible church you're in, Christ Church of the Valley. Tell us about that ministry. Yeah, Christ Church of the Valley uh, Again, that's something that I never planned on doing. Uh, and when these young pastors come to our uh, leadership conferences, or when I'm trying, when I'm uh, interviewed by some of these guys, how do you do this? What? It's not something you set out to do. It's something that evolves. Uh, I took the job at Christ Church of the Valley after I was uh, after I'd been in New Zealand for ten years. I just I felt it was time for me to go back to the U.S., raise my kids, and we had we had a, an incredible Kiwi communicator that took the church and uh, did is doing quite well with it. So we went back, and I was going to be a teaching pastor for a little bit at a church in near my home, not in Tennessee, but in Georgia, which is not too far away. And then this church in Southern California said, hey, would you come out? We think that you're the next guy with our, to be our, our lead pastor. They had only had two lead pastors in their entire history, so it's a very healthy place. But they weren't able just to get over that next mark. You know, They had a, a great church, but they just didn't feel like they were able to reach people far from God. They were kind of preaching to the choir. So they're mm. getting Christians and some transfer growth, but they really weren't a prevailing church in the San Gabriel Valley. And so I came in with my missionary background and my my comfortability now with difficult questions and skeptics. They didn't bother me anymore because I'd been through that, and they were some of my best buddies. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd even made friends, a lot of friends in Islam and in Hinduism and Buddhism uh, all around the world in different kinds of faiths. Mm-hmm. And I, I was very comfortable in talking and not getting angry, you know, not getting defensive, but learning. And so next thing you know, I thought, wow, this is a this is my next place. And, mm-hmm. and I think, well, actually, if I can be honest, my wife told me it was my next place because I usually test everything by her. So when we came out to visit, she goes, yep, this is you. Because we yeah. had visited three other places before. Mm-hmm. She goes, this is not you. Mm-hmm. It might have had something to do with the fact it was minus 16 degrees in those places. <laughs> and so we go to Southern California, and uh, we realize these are we're very much like them. And I think that had I gone to California from Africa, I would not have stayed. But since I went from New Zealand to California, you know, a lot, a lot of similarities there, believe mm. it or not. Other than the weather, a lot of similarities are very skeptical. Uh, the fastest growing religion in California is probably no religion. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, a comfortability and a calling there. And so now here we are uh, 11 years later. I just started my 11th year. And uh, literally probably somewhere around 15,000 people call CCV their home. Uh, the regular probably weekend attendance somewhere around seven seven thousand. Mm-hmm. We just started our third campus, uh, West Covina campus, and seven hundred people showed up first day. Actually, more than that, the very first service. So we're expanding our boundaries, actually changing our name now. So yeah. we're going from Christ Church of the Valley to another name that we will release the second week of February, because we have churches overseas now mm-hmm. wanting to be part of this movement that's happening. That we believe, and you say what movement? We believe that evangelism is done best one on one. When we can really fire our people up to just share their faith, something special happens in that relationship. Mm. And just quickly on that, you know, uh, the Barna Research Group just came out with a report that said that 33% or less of evangelical Christians share their faith within mm. the last year, mm. but 77% of people who are far from God said they would be open to having a spiritual conversation. So how is it that there's such a huge gap between those who are willing to talk about it and those who are willing to hear? Mm. And this is where I think we need to say something about things like Vision Christian Media. When they were asked why they were open, you've got a lot of skeptics now and a lot of people who have never grown up in church that aren't anti-church anymore. They're just apathetic toward it. You know, what good is it going to do? What's the advantage of having God in my life? Well, guess where they, guess why they're open now for spiritual conversations? Because they've heard something on a radio station as they're going through and they've said, well, this is not what I thought Christianity was. We're getting better at communicating the gospel and not being so rude and arrogant about it. We're getting better at really reaching people where they are and answering some of those questions. And that was the whole motivation of Dinner with Skeptics, to show people that just through a conversation, you don't have to be a philosopher. You don't have to be have a Ph.D. in apologetics. Just be willing to answer questions one-on-one. And when you don't know the answer, don't make it up. Say, you know, that's a great question. Let me Let me think about that. And in that dialogue that I think, Places like Vision Christian Media are encouraging. In that dialogue, people who are far from God are coming near. So we did go through a little generation of where, okay, how do we find ourselves? But I think we've 
we're finding ourselves. And people are more open uh, now to the, the good news of the gospel than they've been probably in the last 20 years. Well, it's been so good to have a partnership with you here at Vision Radio. Did you ever think that your messages would be heard all across Australia on a national network? No, and quite frankly, if it wasn't for this guy in the studio here, Kalavra Harui, I probably, <laughs> I probably, it probably never would have happened. But he was convinced. That that's an interesting story. While God's calling me from Africa and to Africa, God's calling him to leave his home in New Zealand, move to Los Angeles with no promise of anything. Yeah. Because he believes God is calling him to partner up with me and get this message of connecting with people far from God, to bring them near to God, to the world. And so I've just continued to do what I do in, in Southern California, but this guy is continuing to make new relationships mm-hmm. and with that kind of passion and vision. You, everybody, I always tell Clive, everybody needs a friend like you. <laughs> That's right, absolutely. Well, we are going to open the phone lines shortly. Uh, and uh, if you'd like to, uh, actually, let's open them right now. If you want to call and have a chat with Pastor Jeff, call now on 1-800-316-316. And uh, we've got Jeff with us for the next hour or so. But uh, I'm really curious to ask you a bit about recently you shared a message on mental health and suicide. Now, many of us heard the, the terrible news about the pastor at uh, Pastor Greg Laurie's church that took his own life and heartbreaking uh, story. And there's been so much mental health issues here in Australia, in the U.S., around the world. Tell us a bit about this recent message that you brought. Yeah, Matt, I was, I, I was in Kazakhstan <laughs> And I didn't even know where that was until yeah. I went to Kazakhstan. <laughs> but my daughter is doing work in Kazakhstan. So I wanted to spend my study break this year with uh, with her because I, I miss her. Mm. And uh, I heard the news and I thought, you know what? This is we, this is becoming almost commonplace now. The, the amount of suicides that are happening, especially among ages 11 to 14, yeah. has increased. It's something like 90% in comparison to the last in the last 30 years. I mean... Think about it. What wow. are you what are you doing at an age eleven that you're already contemplating ending your life? Wow. And then as you, of course you've got pastors, teachers, no one seems to be immune. So I st- mm. I decided that's it. All right. I because I had suffered from anxiety disorder for about two years and a half, I decided I, I need to learn here. You pastors don't address this. Yeah. So I've got to learn. I did some intense research on all this and here's and what I like to tell people, after reading about this for about probably twenty days. I was dumber then than when I started because here's the point about this. We don't know. Mm -hmm. There are all kinds of theories. Let me give you one that that probably should amaze the church at how relevant scriptures are here. Because on the one hand, we do know that there can be a chemical imbalance Mm. in some lives when those decisions are made. However, we're not sure which comes first. Does your emotion, do your responses to the emotional events of your life alter your chemical brain chemistry, your brain chemistry, or is your brain chemistry altered? And that's why you make the decision. And there's no definitive answer on this. You know why? Because we're all unique. It's, It's like the fingerprint. No two people are alike. So you've got to put together all your life experiences, your mom, your dad, your genetic tendencies, and then you've got to put all that together with the way you decide to respond to tragedies, emotional experiences of your life. In fact, those who suffer from uh, uh, post-traumatic uh, uh, stress will tell you, please don't tell us that we are suffering from a disease. They don't like to be placed in the mental disease category because they will tell you, we know exactly what we're doing and we're remembering this event and we can't get it out of our heads and we choose to die rather than to live with its memory. So some don't want to be put in the category of don't tell me I have a chemical imbalance. What we do know now is even though we don't know what necessarily causes it, and it's never the same in any given, any given two, three, four, five people, what we do know is this. If you can learn to respond to the events of your life in a healthy, appropriate way, you can't alter your brain chemistry for the good. Now, you, you take that for a moment, and then I go back and think of J.T. Fisher, the great psychiatrist who talks about the Sermon on the Mountain, basically made this statement at the end of his, all of his research and career. He says, if you just take the words of the Sermon on the Mount and you live by them, it'll give you everything for health, wealth, and vitality. And as a psychiatrist, he's trying to tell you that no matter what your background experience, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you've suffered, no matter what your chemical imbalance, the reality is you have the power to change you. And the power comes by making appropriate responses to the events around you. Now, the, the last question then is this. How can you do that? 
Well, you need the right information in the brain matter, don't you? You need the right material. And that's where Jesus' teachings come in. So it, it turns out, and I actually I got a little too aggressive in the weekend service. I said, who would have thunk? You know, yeah. <laughs> who would have who thought that Jesus knew what he was talking about 2,000 years ago when he said, hey, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Because mm-hmm. if you respond inappropriately to this event, you're the one that's going to lose. I mean, he didn't say it's going to alter your brain chemistry, but we do know that if you harbor bitterness, I mean, books have been written on this topic. If you harbor bitterness, you can change your ability to think rationally Mm. so that you start a vicious cycle of responding negatively to future emotions because you're responding negatively to this one. So basically after the 20 days of research, what I discovered is we will never know why and we'll never know all the answers. But two things we can know with certainty. Number one. We can, through the power of Scripture and through the power of the Holy Spirit in the life of the believer, learn to respond appropriately to the tragedies of our lives to such a degree that we can retrain ourselves, renew our minds to overcome any uh, spiritual, physical, and even mental uh, deficiency. Second is this. Because it's such a complex issue, a person who takes their own life should not be judged as a person who, I mean, for a long time when I grew up, if you if you took your own life, you're, well, you're going to hell because your last act was you you committed a murder. And my comment to that was this, dude, you're going to be a sinner when you die. Do you think the angel Gabriel is going to come down and say, hey, you got 10 minutes before you die, confess all your sins? Well, the whole thing of the doctrine of grace is that you're saved by grace through faith. And the person who takes their own life, yeah, there's a system, there's a there's a list of tragedies, and there's something that happened in that none of us will ever understand, like this pastor, the pastor we've had two in my area over the last year. But these pastors were dealing with something that you and I will never understand completely. Even they won't understand them completely. You say, well, yeah, but they could have retrained their mind, they should have done, but wait a minute, you don't know what they were dealing with, you don't know what's inside, And if we're saved by grace through faith, we're saved by grace through faith. And yes, taking your own life is not the option, and you shouldn't do it. But the reality is I do a lot of things in my life I shouldn't do, (laughs) and and Christ forgives. Well, it's a powerful message, and uh, I know it's so timely that people need to hear uh, from pastors about this subject. Because for for so many years, we just haven't talked about it. Mm. But we've got to talk about it. We've got to share what God's Word says about it. And we've got to address it in our pulpits. And I'm so glad that you've done it. And I know your, your messages are impacting so many people. And I, before I forget, Saturday, October 12, 6.30 to 8 p.m., Pastor Jeff is doing an apologetics and Q&A night at Highway Church, 351 Creek Street in Ormo and on the Gold Coast in Queensland. So head along to there, Highway Church, great church. Right, we've got some callers to get through here, Pastor Jeff. Uh, let's start off with uh, Julie from Outback Queensland. How are you, Julie? Oh, I'm getting there, thanks, Matt. Have you got a question for Pastor Jeff? I do. And Pastor Jeff, um, thank you so much for your heart for Christ. Mm. You, you're one of the good ones. Thank you. I keep telling my wife that, but I'm not sure she's convinced yet. <laughs> <laughs> she's lucky to have a husband. <laughs> and you're, you're in the Outback that I hear that, right? Yeah, I'm out back, yeah. Oh. Um, kangaroos in the yard. Oh, yeah. man, a dream of mine to visit someday, hopefully. <laughs> well, I tell you what, I've got a big empty rumpus room. You want to head out here, you're welcome. Fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> now, look, uh, to a more serious note, very serious, I've heard you mention the atrocities that were committed against the, is it the Tutsi? Is yes. Is that how you pronounce it? The Tutsi people in Africa? Absolutely shocking. Now, the West Papuans are in great difficulty. West Papua is a nation north of Australia, like Christian nation, beautiful, beautiful Christian people. What can Western Christians do, particularly Australian, black and white Australian Christians do, to help stop the affliction against West Papuan people and the very real threat of genocide? You know, we've learned, we should have learned from history how it is that we can stop atrocities like this from happening and how we can cause them to cease if they do begin to happen. We, we learned it in Germany, and we actually learned it in Rwanda. And that is, it's not really, it's, it's not the Christians uh, that can stop this, because the more they talk, the more it will bring uh, conflict. But what mm-hmm. we Christians can do is convince our moderate Muslims those who are Muslims that disagree with tragedies like this, this is when their voices need to be heard. And if they will rise up and speak and condemn this activity, 
that will have the greatest opportunity or chance for this stuff to stop happening. You know what I'm saying? It's, it, the same way in Rwanda, if the Hutu, there were so many Hutus that did not want this genocide to occur against the Tutsis. It, had they stood up and spoken out loud, there were so many of them, the event would have never taken place. Same thing. That's what Dietrich Bonhoeffer tried to tell us about uh, Hitler's regime. If the Christians, they were inundated with Christianity all through the empire. If they would have stay, stood up and said, hey, this is not appropriate to do this. Uh, and taking a, a greater stand, then, then atrocities like this can't happen. And especially in the in the world where we have media, where we know what's going on all around the world at the same time. You know, when the genocide happened in Rwanda, and when even in World War One and Two, you just you didn't have the news of exactly what was occurring, which is why the American president uh, took photos of the concentration camp atrocities because he knew the world may not believe unless they had photos. Well, now we believe we see it everywhere. So we know it's happening and we need to encourage. This is the, the, the opportunity for the moderate Muslim who is not for jihad or not for the destruction. And there are plenty of Muslims who are not for the destruction uh, that happens through, through genocide to stand up, to encourage them to speak out loud. And that's, uh, that's the way we're going to be able to go forward in peace in the future. Is Indonesia a Muslim nation? Oh, yes, absolutely. Okay. And what can you do when there are such things as media bans in place so many people aren't aware of the truth of the situation and particularly the people you're speaking of that need to know so they can stand up and against, this against what's happening and say, hey, this isn't right? Yeah, there's an organisation that really does battle with things like this in a in a peaceful way. Uh, can you? It's not open door, right? It's uh, what's the the persecuted church? That if you go online to the persecuted church, there is an organization with lawyers, with ambassadors. They're in government. They're everywhere. And if you let them know of atrocities like this that are being committed, they actually go to governments with the. They get in uh, and have a voice with governments to inform them about the tragedies and demand that something be done. Mm. Yeah, there's uh, Open Doors is it and open voice, doors? voice of the Martyrs voice of the as martyrs, well. Yeah. Uh, Barnabas Fund. There's, yeah. there's a few of those that deal with the persecuted church. Hey, Julie, we do have other calls to go, but thank you so yeah. much for your call. Thank you. God bless you. God thank bless. You. Bye-bye. And we've got Anne from Labrador. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. It's so great to listen to you and hear you, Jeff Bynes. I've listened to you on download on the app. Um, my question is um, about the um, uh, poor... Um, John, in um, the Revelations, we say that they symbolize those things that he saw. Um, was that in a real vision? or um, And um, um, what's the reason, you know, why did he really see that, that he's, that's mm, in yeah. the book of Revelations? Yeah. Well, remember he was exiled on the Isle of Patmos, and, yes, and yes. Uh, the Spirit of the Lord, he, he said he was, he, on the Lord's Day, it's interesting, in the very first couple of chapters, he tells us that he was caught up in the Spirit on the Lord's Day which tells yeah. us that even by 72 A.D., the Lord's Day had become Sunday because that's the day Jesus rose from the dead. So that's an interesting comment. And then he starts giving us, he says, through the, uh, that the Spirit of the Lord, through the signs and symbols, and he uses a Greek word, samano, which tells us that this was a vision and they were signs and symbols. So they were visions of things that represented something else. And that's why scholars place Revelation as an apocalyptic book. So mm. apocalyptic literature by nature will put symbols on a stage, and then you see them, and then there's explanation given, and the stage will be wiped clean, and there will be another set of symbols. So that's why through the entire book of Revelation, you keep seeing different symbols, but they're they're really communicating the same truths through signs and symbols. And the truth that John really understood was that Jesus is going to have the last word. Mm. Amen. Hey, thanks for your call, Ann. Okay. Thank you. God bless. If you'd like to call through, the phone lines are open on 1-800-316-316. Uh, Pastor Jeff Vines is with us for the next 35 minutes. Call now, 1-800-316-316. And we've got Miss Spencer from Northern WA. How are you? I'm, I'm well, thank you. I I rang because I had uh, not, not a question, but a lot of thank yous mm. um, to say. So, Pastor Jeff, thank you for being part of my Vision Church family. Thank you for your preachings um, to all of us. Thank you for your prayer that led me to become a born-again Christian. And thank you 
that I'm going to be baptized um, round about Christmas this mm. year. Well, congratulations, <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> and you must be the sweetest voice I think I've ever heard over the <laughs> radio. <laughs> oh, thank you. And and can I just end by saying, God richly bless all of my Vision Christian family. Mm. Mm. Amen. Thank you so much, Miss Spencer. God bless. And uh, if you want to call through, we've got... Oh, let me just hang up that one there. Uh, we've, we've got more calls coming through. one 316 uh, Pastor Jeff is with us uh, for another 30 minutes. Or you can make a comment at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. Uh, we actually had uh, a question, a Facebook question come in there from Daniel. I have a difficult question for Pastor Jeff. I was reading Psalms a while ago and came across chapter 109, particularly verses 6 to 20. These verses are very confusing, and studying deeper doesn't make any sense coming from uh, David, who was generally very forgiving. So do you know the passage off the top of your head? Yeah, remember, too, the context here. David, the Psalms uh, should encourage us because they don't filter anything of, of David's feelings out at all. Mm-hmm. This is why our Psalms are so respected, because you know, in one point, David will talk about how you are my rock, you are my fortress, and then the next time he's saying, why so down close, oh, my soul, you know, where, where's my hope? I'll put my hope in God. So through the Psalms, David expresses all of his feelings, and those mm-hmm. feelings go from forgiveness to anger. He will say, God, please get those people who got me, and then he will say, God, help me to forgive them the way you forgive us. Your mercy is great, you know, who understands the vastness of the universe? And then he will say, where's this God that's so big? And the reason it's so encouraging to so many people is because he's honest, he's transparent. And so remember, Psalms is a book of songs that express the feelings and emotions that are real to humanity in the same way that Proverbs, they're a book about if you live life this way, there seems to be a cause and effect in the universe whereby God in the universe he's created, these things, if you do these things, these things tend to happen. Mm. Let me give you one. I think one verse will help you. You know, in the Bible, it says that if you raise your children, raise your child up in the way he should go, and when he's older, he will not fall from it. So does that mean if I raise my child up in the fear of God, that I have a guarantee that he or she will never walk away? Well, of course not. Pragmatically, that can be debunked. What we do know is it's a proverb, and a proverb is meant to tell us if you do things this way, you significantly increase the chances for this happening. Very good answer. And uh, if, if you want to uh, look up that psalm, I'd recommend people have a, have a look it up. Psalm 109. A great response there from Pastor Jeff. Okay, let's go to the phones. Our first caller here, we've got Russell from uh, Queensland. How are you doing, Russell? Hello, how are you? Good, mate. Look, I thank you for what you're saying about um, people having breakdowns. I had a breakdown in the early 80s. I was on medication for 30 years. God took me off it, and by the grace of God, I stand. I hear what you're saying. It's with people who have breakdowns and that the chemical imbalance, when that goes up the whack, I um, used to try and get people to pray for me and that. Um, I was suicidal at one time there, and God used my son in Melbourne sitting by the phone waiting for me to call him because he had problems too. And I knew, and he was waiting up all night for me to uh, make a phone call. I said, look, son, go to bed. I'll ring you. Don't worry. I knew if I committed suicide, my son would be sitting there waiting for that phone call. That would mm. never come. So I had trouble with it at times. Um, yesterday I had some tests done. And the chemical they put in me really sent me right out of whack and uh, mm. this morning I come good God brought me through it and that he said no weapon formed against me will prosper was given to me some months ago and this is where I've got to rely on a lot of scriptures mm. and people like you, you listening to where I can ring and get prayer mm. to um, break the yoke the anointing breaks the yoke all right, and, Russell. Uh, hey, mate, we, we've, we've got a few calls to get yeah. to here, so I'll just hand over to Pastor Jeff. What's your response, mate? Yeah, Russell, hey, you're, you're, prob- you're a living testimony then of, of someone who's fought this battle for most of their lives, and you've learned along the way that only through the power of God and the power of His Word will you be able to concentrate and get your thoughts. It, it, you know, we have a saying that you grab, your, you grab your emotions and your thoughts by the scruff of the neck, and you lead them to what you know to be objectively true, the Word of God. And it sounds like when I meet people like 
like you who've generally struggled with this all of your life, that the Word of God has given you the power and the presence of mind to make wise decisions. I love how you just said that you knew your son. If you were to take your own life, then your son has no father. And that shows me that it's the Word of God that's gotten so deeply into you that even changes our narcissistic habits of of of, of uh, self-service to, to giving our lives and realizing we're created not only for ourselves, but for other people. If we can get people thinking along those lines, there'll be less suicide. There'll be less taking of our own lives. Yeah, that's right. You really got to press into to our creator. Mm. He's got to be thinking, you know, the all known, the all seeing God is watching all the time. Yeah, what Amen. a great line, press into it. Yeah. You have to press it. You got to keep pressing because you get so yeah. much garbage from the world that it can change the way you're, you look, your outlook on life. Good on you, Russell. Right. Thanks for your call, mate. Thanks, Russell. Okay, God bless you. God bless. Bye. Thanks for letting me talk. Bye. Absolutely. And we've got Tina from Brisbane. How are you? Good morning, gentlemen. How are we going? Very good. You've got a question or a comment for Pastor Jeff? I, I do. I recently woke up and I was getting bombarded, like literally, Ravi Zacharias, Ravi Zacharias, Ravi Zacharias. <laughs> it was just coming at me for like 45 seconds. And while I've heard the name before, I didn't know anything about his teachings. So I watched a couple of his YouTube videos, and I don't know what it is I guess I should be looking for. Um, Jeff, you spent some time with him, and I guess my first question, first part of the question is, what was the biggest thing that you learnt from him in that season? And what, how do I determine what it is I should be looking for to, um, I don't know, how do I, how do I word this, to sure. fulfill, yeah, to find out what it is I need to learn? Yeah, well, remember God calls certain people uh, for certain other types of people. <laughs> and Ravi is someone who appeals directly to the intellect. So while Ravi is fantastic speaking at places like a Harvard or Princeton or Oxford and among the educated elite, sometimes he's very difficult to follow uh, for just everyday Christians who live life, uh, work, make a living, feed the kids, you know. Yeah. And so uh, Ravi's not someone I would ever have suggested that my mother or my father read or listen to. As a matter of fact, the first time I read his book, Can Man Live Without God, I had to read each page about 10 times. <laughs> but God brought him into my life at a time when I was asking these types of questions. I was in New Zealand. I had grown up in a Christian home and a Christian society, and now I found myself in a place where there wasn't a lot of respect for the church and definitely not a lot of need, at least in their own mind, for God. So as I started listening to Ravi, Ravi opened up my world to how to communicate to people who had no interest in God, who were apathetic toward God or cavalier, or who just detested God. And suddenly, I started reading different things. I started listening to different podcasts, or at that time it was just on the Internet or YouTube. Uh, so to answer your question, one of the questions is you may not be able to find what you're looking for from Ravi. You've got to find a speaker that communicates specifically to you where you are in your life and what God believes that you need. However, if you woke up and you kept hearing that name, I would encourage you to pursue. However, the first thing I'd ask you to do is get his book called Cries of the Heart. And that may be, that's usually the book that most people who are looking for answers in, in life and trying to look for some stability. If you can read Cries of the Heart by Dr. Ravi Zacharias, that'll get you started on who he is. And uh, it's, it's easily ascertained what he's on about in that book. And it, you can apply it into your own life. Second thing, the, the thing that I learned from Ravi is to always ask questions, refrain from making statements. So when you're in a conversation with somebody, try your best not to put them on the defensive if you're talking about God, ask questions, and those questions allow them to open up within their own assumptions. It actually convinces them of what they actually believe, and that's the greatest lesson I ever learned. And by the way, he's the most humble man I've ever met in my life, so that's that's a good thing to know, if nothing else, that he's incredibly humility, and we can all learn something from him. Yeah, I, I must admit, the YouTube videos that I've watched, I've found them, uh, while I believe I have you know smarts and I've got a lot of knowledge, I didn't get a lot of what he was saying. So you might as well be speaking another language. <laughs> yeah, it takes a while. You have to listen to him for a while until you learn his thought pattern, and then then you, you know you, you you it'll speak volumes to you in in the long haul. Right, great. Okay. Thanks so much Appreciate for your call, Tina. Thanks, gentlemen. Have a good day. Bless. God, God bless. God bye bless. bye. Cheers. And if you'd like to call through and have a chat with Pastor Jeff Vines. We've got another 15 minutes with him in the studio live right now. Call now, 1-800-316-316, or you can make a comment, ask a question at facebook.com forward slash vision radio. And we've got Peter from Woodridge. How are you, mate? Yeah, I'm doing okay. Thanks, mate. 
Good to hear from you, buddy. Have you got a question or a comment for Pastor Jeff? Well, um, mate, uh, Pastor Jeff, I've, I've got a few things running through my mind right now, okay, and um, I just want to be open and honest about the situation in my own life. It's the only thing I can talk about at this point. Mm. Um, first of all, there is no um, scientific medical proof that anybody can suffer a chemical imbalance. Mm. Um, that's the first statement I want to make. Um, I have discussed this with my uh, medical practitioner as well, who is in total agreement of it. Um, I'm finding um, it's easy to put people into boxes um, and call a mental illness on somebody's life based on circumstances that they've been through. Um, I really want to talk about suicide, though, OK? Um, I'm a person who suffers with severe post-traumatic stress disorder on top of um, chronic depression, anxiety and panic attacks and um, as no fault of mine okay um, I've had to learn to endure I've had to learn to press into Jesus I've had to learn to worship um, in the depth of my desperation and, and from the depth of my pain through mm. my life mm. that gives me a freedom of about 20 minutes in the church building if I'm allowed in there to worship Jesus with the freedom that I believe we've been given um, first of all I want to say that I firmly believe that I can be delivered and set free from Jesus. Um, I also have another belief that that will happen in worship, mm. um, which is mm. my moment of pouring out my heart back to God, mm. who showed me his heart by the death of Jesus on the cross. Mm. Um, I suffer with suicidal thoughts, if not daily, um, more times a week than you've probably eaten. Mm. Um, I'm a person who struggles a lot, and I've only got myself to blame for not working through my life. But nevertheless, um, I'm a survivor, and um, I always assumed, and, and it is an assumption, that if I give up on running the race of faith and take my own life, then basically I'll vote myself self-disqualification. I was wondering if you can clarify that to me, please. Okay, everything you, you, you've stated proves again that you're, you're finding your hope and you're finding your ability to endure through worship, through connecting with God through Christ, correct? Did I hear that right? Absolutely, yes. Okay, and then your last statement was that if you take your own life, I didn't hear it. You, you said if you take your own life, what? Your self-disqualification? Um, you actually, yeah, you finish running the race of faith. You know, the, runner, the race of faith is through our lifetime until God calls us home. But I, I've just had this issue, and, and the reason why I'm saying this is this is what stops me from suiciding, is the fact that I'm to wait until Jesus calls me home mm. to finish the race of faith. And that is exactly the attitude that every Christ follower should have. It is, it's not your right to take your own life. God gave you life. It's only God's right when your time has come to go home. And Instead, your attitude proves that uh, God's not finished with you yet, and that is the right attitude for every Christ follower to have. The reason why I know God's not finished with me is because a month ago I was diagnosed with lung cancer, Two weeks ago, I found out that I only have stage one lung cancer. Mm. So to me, only means God's given me time on earth for whatever purpose it is for him. But in all honesty, um, where I sit in life is a, is a hard and difficult place. Um, I do have four children who actually hug their dad and mum. I'm still in a 34-year marriage um, and relationship. Um but I do need people around me to, and I've got to be honest, Matt, to say this, I, I need Christians to show me Jesus and to show me how to be a friend because, mate, I don't know what a friend is mm. because um, not only did my father possibly commit suicide, my granddad's as well, both of them, six cousins and two of my best friends 20 years ago took their own life. As a result of this, I've been very on the defensive and not allowing people to come near me in case mm. they hurt me further. Mm. Is that a fair comment to say? Yeah, I think you're, I, I, quite frankly, listening to your story, I think you're an amazing man. What you've been through and to be able to sit here and talk uh, with me about how your healing comes through worship and the word and prayer and how God sustains you. There are many people who have suffered in a very similar way that you have and, and given up far too early and not being able to be sustained by the grace and the power of God. I think you're a testimony. I think that I hope people are listening right now, are listening to you. I hope that your story will encourage those who are contemplating taking their own life to not do it, that you can endure, that you can make it. But at the same time, I want you to know that I know exactly what you meant by that last statement, that sometimes you just don't want to let people in because you've been hurt so much. Why would I open the door again? And quite frankly, that's why most of our world is suffering right now. 
And you're right, it has very little to do with the chemical imbalance in these issues. This has more to do with the fact that we hurt each other. We wound each other by the words that we say, by by the abuse that we encounter, and by the, the abuse that we give. So I hope that people heard what you just said, and I hope they know that there is a way to victory. And my friend, I'm going to be praying for you. Thank and, you. And uh, God bless you, man. Way to go. I would like to say that, you know, if it wasn't for the grace of God, none of us would be here. Yeah. Mm. And and daily when I breathe, when I wake up and I'm breathing, I know it's the grace of God that wakes me up. I hope that God sends you people that you can preach that message to, because that is the message of hope. Thank you very much. God bless you. Glory to God, not me. Good on you, Peter. Thanks for for being part of our vision family, mate. God bless. Mm. Thank you, mate. Bye. And if you'd like to call through and have a chat with Pastor Jeff Vines, you can call on 1-800-316-316. We've got Kaz from Wowler. How are you? Hello. How are you? Very good. you got a question for Pastor Jeff. Hello, Pastor Jeff. How are you going? Hello. Good to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a question. I just have something to share. Um, last week, um, I had someone come to my um, shop and they were thinking about committing suicide mm. and They've been um, in drugs for a long time, and I, I talked him through it, and and um, he ended up going home, and um, he was clean for four days, but he was just agitated and just didn't see a way out. And I spoke to him for about an hour, and he calmed down, and he's back with his partner. Um, I prayed and prayed and prayed for those people, and for, he's been clean now for a couple of weeks. And he's doing really, really well. A couple of days later, he came into the shop and he um, brought me a big bunch of flowers. And it mm. was just beautiful just to to have that acknowledgement that I did help. Yeah. And I just I just wanted you to pray for for that for him and his family that he stays clean mm. and that he's um yeah he's safe. Yeah. Well, I, I I another testimony of of the salt and light that we Christians are supposed to be, rather than being judgmental. Uh, to be encouraging and to give people hope. And yeah. you gave him hope for a few days, and hopefully that the same hope will become one of eternity the more he meets you, the more he sees you, and the more he's he listens to your voice. So what? let, let me pray for him. I don't know him by name, obviously, but Thank what's your you. first name again? My Kaz. name is Kaz. Kaz. All right, let me pray. Yeah. Father, I thank you for Kaz and her willingness to to invest in someone to know that the world is about something beyond herself. It's about helping others and being salt and light in a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. And I pray that you give her the right word at the right time to speak into this person's life that would give him not only a hope that is temporary for the next few days, but a hope that would be eternal. We pray at Vision that the Spirit of the living God would open his eyes to the truth of the love of Jesus that is enduring that gives us our meaning, our purpose, our significance, and that is unconditional and never goes away. And I pray in Christ's name. Amen. 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 Thank you very much. Thank you, Kaz. Good on you, Kaz. Thank Thanks you. for your call. God bless. Bye. God bless you too. And we've just got a few minutes left with Pastor Jeff. If you'd like to call through, phone lines are open on one 316 And we've got Kaz from Wyala. Oh, sorry, no, that was Kaz. We've got Bill, <laughs> Bill from Wellington in New South Wales. How are you doing, Bill? Bill, are you there? Uh, yes. Go for it, mate. Um, Jeff, uh, I uh, survived a suicide attempt. I uh, I believe it was a satanic thing. I, mm. a, a curse was put on me and I didn't sleep for 10 days straight. Mm. And I went very psychotic. And it, I believe it was... I had almost the audible voice of Satan mm. telling me to take my life. Mm. And... Um, I was down at what seemed like the front foyer of hell. and uh, But all the time, the Lord was still with me, and he directed me to those that were trying to help me. And uh, by the grace of God, I survived. But uh, uh, hell is so real, like you wouldn't ever want to go there. And don't, to anyone listening, don't ever take your life. Don't put the Lord, your God, to the test. Mm. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, thank you. You know, we need to say here that if we truly believe that there are two kingdoms, 
on planet Earth that are diametrically opposed to each other. If there's a satanic kingdom, if there's the evil one and there's the righteous one, then there is a battle almost every day for yeah. our minds, for our souls. And if that battle is real, there are going to be sometimes it's more intense than others. And I, I'm I'm so glad to hear stories of where people recognize that. And, and, and if we could do that, Oswald Chambers talks a lot about this. Uh, if we could just recognize the battle is real, then when it happens— we could make our decisions based on the reality of that battle, and we could actually talk to ourselves. Self-talk is okay. We could say, hey, look, the devil's trying to get me. He's not going to win today. I'm going to continue to live for Christ. You've done that. Way to go. And I hope again, Matt, that that would encourage people. Amen. Thank you so much for your call, Bill. Thank you. God bless. Bless you. And we've got Peter from Bombala in New South Wales. How you doing, Peter? Um, well, thanks, uh, Matt and, and Jeff. You know, it, it's it's so nice to hear Vision Radio down down here in the middle of nowhere, as I call it. Um, I've I've been listening and, and, and to tell people, you know, um, I suffer with mental illness. I suffer with PTSD and I suffer with schizophrenia. Mm. Um, my question is, is 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 I hear voices in my head seven days a week, nine mm. to five, mm. and I'm trying to decipher between God's own voice and the other voices that are in my head. Um, you know, so that that's one. And the other thing is, is that at the moment, being um, not in a relationship with anybody, um, my biggest thing is, is now is that um, pornography has come up into my life mm. and mm. I want to try and get rid of it. Yeah. So I've been reaching out and saying to guys, hey, help, what do I do? Where do I go? And, you know, I keep praying and praying and praying and saying, Lord, please, 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 mm. I don't want this. I want to be okay. I want to be able to get through a day without this infliction, you know? Mm. Let let me address two things here. First of all, uh, this battle that you're facing, we keep hearing this. This is a common theme. The only way you're going to overcome and the only way you're going to be able to distinguish between the different voices in your head is you've got to distinguish which ones are telling the truth, which ones are lying. The only way you can do that, the, 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 the Scripture saw this thousands of years ago, right? Paul said, renew your mind. Don't be conformed to the world. He's not just talking about a world order. But there is a thinking of the world, and somehow the only way you're going to be able to overcome that is renew your mind. It's going to take intentionality and a daily feast on the Word of God so that when you hear the voices, you know, wait a minute, that's not the Word of God. And the other, wait a minute, that is the Word of God. So when you hear a voice telling you that you're worthless, you're you're of no value, God has no plan for your life, you know, wait a minute, that's not what the Bible says for me or about me. The second thing about the pornography issue, this is an issue that is plaguing uh, people on our planet, in just about every generation and every culture right now. And the problem with it is once you grab hold on to it, it is incredibly difficult to let go. Here's why. We are made for love, intimacy, and relationship. And if we don't get it in a in a physical relationship, oftentimes we will pursue it in illegitimate ways. So God gives us this legitimate desire for love and intimacy, but for every desire we're given by God, there is an illegitimate way to form it or to fulfill it. The problem is if you fulfill it illegitimately, it creates then desires that are not from God. So illegitimate fulfillment creates more illegitimate desires. So the best thing I can tell you on this one is there's no magic solution. And people will tell me, well, I prayed and God didn't take it away. That's not how it's going to happen. It's going to happen with your intentionality of removing computers out of your bedroom, anything, any screen that you can watch it on. You got to remove all those out of your life so that when the temptation comes, it's not easily accessible. That is the only way it's going to happen. And so, you know, I know it's difficult and uh, I've got, you know, I've, I've got people that are close to me that struggle with the same thing. And they will tell you that the only way you're going to be able to, only way you're going to be able to conquer this is your intentionality and the power of God. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, 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 you know, I've gone to the extremes where, where I've put blocks on, on my computers mm. and on my phones and so forth so that I can't get into it. Yeah. yeah that's... Um, you know, I've, I've gone and done that and, and. Um, once it's on there, I can't get it off. I can't get around it. I can't turn it off and go into it because it just won't happen. Yeah, that's you know that's so, that's so, why you don't so. that's why you don't take an alcoholic to a bar. You just don't yeah, do it. Exactly. It's too it's too tempting. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, exactly right. All right, Peter, our time's up for today. But thank, thank you so much for your call, mate. Hey, God bless yeah, you, man. You Stay God the fight. Too. God bless. Bye bye. Bye bye. I think we've got time to squeeze in one more call. We've got Emma from Port Ferry. How are you, Emma? Hello, Matt. Hello, how are you? Very good. You want to say hi to Pastor Jeff? Okay. Hello, Pastor Jeff. 
Hello. Where are you calling from? From Port Ferry. Okay. Port Ferry in South Australia. South Australia. Uh-huh. Um, the, the reason is I give a call is when I was in um, Canberra and my mum was in Eagle Hawk, that gives in, in Victoria, she had problems. She lost my dad and she got bashed up by my brother and she told me over the phone one day, that she was going to do herself in. And from there, um, I told her not to do that, and I had my tickets ready to to go down to Eagle Hawk. That is in Victoria to, to see her. And a couple of days after that, the the uh, Bendigo police um, came and told, told Canberra police and told me that my mum passed away. She's actually killed herself. Mm. I'm so sorry for and that. And I'll tell you what, it's not easy to forget. No, mm. it's not. So, so I'm so sorry for that. I, this happens, and it's 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 no less real, no less painful, uh, just because somebody tells you that you know, it happens in our world. Well, this world is a fallen world, and and when something like that happens, the pain is just extrapolated out into so many different lives. And I'm so sorry for your loss. And I, we we pray for you as well that somehow mm. God will sustain you through all of this. And uh, we don't say that lightly. You're going to need God to sustain you through this. I guess what. But since I talked to Matt one day over the phone, hey Matt, but do you remember that time when I talked to you ages and ages and ages ago? about going to church. Yeah. I've been going to church. Yeah. Thursdays, <laughs> Saturdays, and Sundays. Yeah. I've got myself a job. Uh-huh. And I'm... And God and Lord Jesus is is closer to me than, than ever. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, you probably go to church more than Matt does now, so that's fantastic. <laughs> I love going to church. I do too. When I go to church, when I've got something, things to things on my mind or things on my chest, mm. I give it to, oh, to Jesus. Awesome. And he takes it away. Mm. And yeah. I know you got so baptized too, didn't you, Emma? Is good out of it. Yeah, and I'm you going got... to church and I'm meeting Father John and... Yeah. And sit down and have a talk with him one night. And That's great. I love it. And you got baptised too. the only one who who turned up. <laughs> Emma, you got so baptised too, didn't you? Father John. Well, she's not listening. She's just talking. <laughs> Can you hear me, Emma? Are you there? Yeah, I'm you, here. You got baptised too, didn't you? Sure did. Yeah, wonderful. Sure did. So good. Hey, Emma, we do have to go, but we will be keeping you in our prayers. And thanks for sending in those beautiful colouring ins the other day, too. That was beautiful. Hey, Thank you. Matt, yes, is yeah. there a chance you can uh, give me another book oh, to read? Maybe one of Pastor Jeff's books. Absolutely. We'll we send send her, her a book? Yeah, we'll send her Divine Romance. Please? All right, just hold the line. We'll grab your details. Thank you very much, and God bless you guys. All right, God Thank bless. You Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs> Pastor Jeff, we're way over time for Focus on the Family, so mm. we've got to wrap, wrap this up. Uh, if people want to find out more about Pastor Jeff's uh, books, uh, we've sell them at Vision Christian Store. You can find out more at vision.org.au. Mate, thanks for praying and uh, sharing so much with our listeners today. God bless. Thank you, Matt. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.